0: Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends. It's the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky, coming to you from an undisclosed location unfortunately i cannot be with the group today i'm going to turn it over to my good buddy eddie Guevara for the introductions and the setup for what's going to turn out to be a great topic of discussion today so eddie take it away all right guys hello
1: there how's everything chuck and sherry
0: all right
1: okay hello
0: pretty good pretty good
1: pretty good pretty good so uh uh, you know give us a little rundown what's going on this week with you guys
0: well we've been uh We've been very busy with shows, and we've been traveling quite a bit, and uh, we've been we've been taking our walks. Hey, we did uh, stop at a uh, stop at a cemetery, and we got a we got a video. So we sent you the raw footage. Hopefully, it'll be okay. I think the viewers would really like it. Out here in well, Pittsburgh, back in the early sixties. Well,
1: all you talking about that all your cemetery walks usually get a couple of hundred views, which is really
0: funny. Yeah, we stopped at the original uh, Chiller Theater guy here in Pittsburgh, Bill Cardill. He's in a mausoleum out in the North Hills area of Pittsburgh.
1: Chilly Billy. <laughs>
0: yeah. So yeah, they that, called him. You yeah, said it, he's
1: the, the original Chiller Theater producer, I guess?
0: Yeah, he was the host of Chiller Theater here in Pittsburgh. On I uh, started on WIIC TV and they went to WPXI. He was from 1962, I believe, to 1984. So he hosted it for 22 years. It was like a late night type of uh, movies that were on after the news. And uh, it was like a Pittsburgh staple out here. You know, like if anybody's from Pittsburgh or the surrounding areas, like maybe certain parts of West Virginia and Ohio. Uh, but it, it was a really, really cool program. So I show some neat uh, memorabilia that I had on there that he had mailed me, like a lot of pictures uh, that he signed and so forth. And um, uh, he also signed a picture from when he was on uh, Night of the Living Dead. He played the uh, newscaster on there. And he also sent a script, uh, the original script from the last, uh, the episode from 1984. And it's like really cool. It's a signed script and so forth. Uh, uh, so you guys will see this when you see the video. It's about six or seven minutes long. Yeah, about that. Uh, yeah. And uh, how'd you like it, sure? Did you have fun doing it?
1: I had a blast.
0: Yeah. And,
1: yeah, uh... <laughs> and let me ask you, so when you guys did it, uh, you know, it's kind of funny, though, because I think I saw some of the video... And you can hear it, which is so funny you're it, i- w- I was surprised that you had such an echo inside the mausoleum, you would think being that it's you know a really quiet place in there, <laughs> oh you yeah, would get an echo, but i I guess it's because of the high ceilings, maybe you think
0: um, oh
2: yeah, it was very high,
0: yeah, very, very high. Bill is way up on top too, he's like just below the ceiling, and they were going to have a funeral that was coming in. The guy said you have to leave in about ten minutes,
2: so we were strapped for time,
0: <laughs> so we just. Wow. Yeah, we just finished up and we just left then because we had to move our car and everything. We lucked up. We got there.
2: Perfect timing.
0: Perfect timing. Mm-hmm. We filmed it and it went very well.
1: I, You know what? I, I When I was watching some of the video, I was kind of laughing because I thought you were going to float up to the... You know, she <laughs> was all the way up there. So I figured, Mike, is, uh, you know, uh, you're going to pull some little magic trick and stuff and float up there. And I said, Chuck... You know, you didn't do that, Chuck. Why? Yeah,
0: I would have liked to hook hook up the silver ball to make it like phantasm. That would have been cool, like the silver ball floating around inside the mortuary, inside the mausoleum. That would have been really neat.
1: You You know, another thing that would have been kind of cool. You know, those things that when you're gonna reach really high, they have those ladders that they go up.
0: Oh, those are would neat. have been
1: nice. Yeah, it would have been nice if you had one like in the corner, without showing the people you got on it,
0: <laughs> floated
1: to the thing, and you go, "Let me, let me just float up there," you know. They actually
2: had that in there for the body, the body or, or the for the um, casket it. that was coming in. We could have got on yeah. there and just, I could have manipulated <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> they, they would have thrown you out of there quicker
2: than yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: it was like a big scissor jack. It looked like a big scissor jack. Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah it that, pretty
1: cool. that's exactly what they are. You know, one thing about those things, though, um, it was kind of funny, though. I'm surprised they do make the mausoleum so high up like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I could just imagine how hard it must be to get the coffin to slip it in there all the way from the bottom, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh. And that, Absolutely. Yeah,
1: wow. So, and, and those scissor things aren't really that wide. So no. I'm wondering how in the world they do it unless they put it on the scissor thing and then through the bottom, they kind of guide it and then push it in there. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? Like they could put the coffin on the scissor thing, lay it across, lift it up there hopefully that doesn't fall you know they go very careful then they'll turn the scissor thing around well you know and then just kind of slip the coffin in the hole and then once they have it in the hole like halfway <laughs> they bring the scissor thing down then they, get oh, up, they go push it by hand i just don't know how the heck they even do it i mean no
0: i know and then they got the plate to put on that's a big granite Plate. Well, yeah,
1: but the, the plate, the scissor thing lets a person stand there and then take the big granite thing with them out. Yeah, that is that is pretty pretty kind of crazy because it is a very small thing. And I now I'm actually kind of curious. If I would have been you, Chuck, I would have stuck around just to see how it's done and then you could have told the crowd, man. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that it is neat. Yeah. But it, it was really weird. We got there and we just had enough time to do it. And it was rainy and windy and cold. It's been very cold here in Pittsburgh. I don't know what it's like where you are, no. but it's been nasty.
1: Well, let, let me let me bring a little story. What what's happened in my side on uh, Friday? It was Chiller time again. So you know Chiller was exciting. This time I was trying to get into there with a the table, but I made the mistake of calling Kevin, the uh, the guy that puts it together, a little early. I called him like in the beginning of April. Oh and yeah. I, I I guess it gets to the point where he just shuts off his phone. You know, he doesn't answer <laughs> no more the phone during the month. And I think he did tell me. He goes, "Hey, next time don't call me like." three weeks before chiller. (laughs) And uh, so I said, okay. But the thing that's interesting though, is he was really excited about giving me a table next time and stuff. And, um, you know, we spoke a little, but one thing that was, uh, when we got to the show, now it was, the day was fine. You know, everything was cool. We get to the show, we had a dinner, we, we parked. One of my uh, friends uh, always gets a room over there. So we were able to go to his room way before the show even began. And, you know, so we were there, I think I got there, if I'm correct, around 3.30. And the show started at 6. But uh, since I know Kevin and stuff, I kind of, I was given access 5 p.m. Not because, you know, I got the tickets, uh, the early bird tickets, whatever they call them. (laughs) And um, we got in there. So when we started going around, I did a little bit of filming, which I'm going to post today, including the stuff, Chuck, that I that you even told me that I'm going to post the stuff that I came across because I got a couple of nice little buys. Oh, nice. And, yeah, and um, when I was there, it starts raining. Now, the funny thing about it, I've been already chillers twice a year. They do the April show, and they do the October show, okay? And for some crazy reason, and this is so funny, it has been raining the last seven shows, seven, wow. Eight shows. It doesn't matter when it, it is, it always rains, sometimes hard, sometimes. Now, yesterday, between Friday and Sa- and Sunday, we had so much rain that three days here, nonstop, that there was a lot of flooding in a lot of areas. Uh, and this, I thought, was kind of funny. And this is why I say God wanted to protect my collection. I praise God for that because and I go Jesus thank you honestly yeah (laughs) I'll tell you why my collection was in my daughter's house for about five years yeah yeah and again and I I said this is very interesting because back in 1995 and I always said this uh in 1995 one of the things that happened when I had a five alarm fire in my Uh storage facility um my collection you know everything got burned I mean the entire had I One, two. I had four bins, and I believe I yeah I lost two bins. Oh my! Up in the third floor, mm-hmm. and the other two bins. One was in the second floor, which the wall collapsed inside, and oh. somebody actually went into one of the drawers that I had to install about twenty or thirty Johnson Smith catalogs from me, including my uh, six foot um, king composter that uh, Joe recently acquired. One actually. Hmm. i was able to get the poster back and you know the Johnson smith catalogs obviously i didn't get them again Yeah, uh, i do have like another 40 of them left or 30 i you know i, I still do have a lot of them but um th- you know bringing that to the thing is that the stuff that was important to me like the seven foot ghost and all that stuff i had it there was because i mean this storage facility was a it had like 20, 30 feet ceiling in the bottom because it was an old warehouse. Oh, yeah. So they put this bins that were five feet by five feet square. Of course, the top of the bin was open, which was ironic, you know, and it was made of steel. So you had to get this push ladder and the ladder, no kidding, was like 15 feet, 16 feet high. Oh, wow. And you would roll it over on wheels. It's like the ones you see in Home Depot, the real large ones.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. so.
1: You roll it over. Now, when I'm saying a ladder, it's a ladder that's kind of like uh, it has hands on both sides, you know, like handles. Mm-hmm. If you're walking up like a regular steps in a building. So you had this big, giant ladder with wheels attached, all steel, and you roll it up to the uh, bin and you will go all the way up there. And that's how you were able to take things out of the bin. When I went up there, everything. Now, this is a five alarm fire, but everything important to me, the seven foot goals, the seven foot Frankenstein and Bodie. The yeah. skeleton and and some aurora kits they all survived the fire wow now the the things on the second floor which i had in the second floor was mostly stock from the store that i had store stock mm-hmm. um, franco-american novelty stuff that's why i have so much of that stuff and ss adams stuff they survived but man to this day, you take a whiff of them and they still smell a little bit like. Smoke. Yeah,
0: I was just yeah. going to ask you that, but what the that smell. Yeah, you, you can't get that smell out of there.
1: You know what? And the funny thing about it, though, is like I say, you can't because I was opening to do an unboxing, which I did a few about a year or two ago, I think it was. And the unboxing I did, when I opened up, I, I forgot, well, you know, one of the Frank American things I was looking I'm like, man, <laughs> if, you know, my, my little clothes, <laughs> the little office I had. The smell just protruded out of the thing. And I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. It, 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 that was 1995. So, you know, we're talking many, many years ago. 20 some years. Yeah. Yeah. And it still has. Now, the other thing I was going to say about that, the reason I mentioned that thing is that for some reason, God just preserved the important things. And mm-hmm. in my daughter's house yesterday and the day before, they had such a flood in the basement. Oh, yeah. really? But, wow. Yeah. My daughter, and, and this is after my son-in-law has put thousands of dollars into it. Wow. When I left there, he redid the whole thing. He even actually made that part that I was in a little higher than the front part. Oh, yeah. And thank God for that. The water didn't actually go in there. But the front part, when I was there, I didn't have any any anything higher. Everything was down on the floor. Uh, the water was coming in through like the foundation, like a crack in the foundation. Uh-huh. Or and they had to mop and mop. So the point I'm trying to say is that if my, my daughter goes, if you would have still been here.
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: You know the thing would have been uh, a lot of your stuff would have been destroyed and the other thing that's funny about it is is that every time water would have come in which did happen to me three occasions but not in the amount that came in this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my stuff and my daughter says you know it's kind of funny it looks like something's protecting your collection because <laughs> she actually said you actually say God God is because protect- it went in about half a foot and it didn't do anything. It stopped the rug that you had in the entrance. <laughs> oh, wow. That's amazing. And, and the and the rugs, you know, the rug sucked up whatever water was coming. I mean, it was soaking wet, but it didn't go into any of my stuff. Wow. But amazing. you know, getting to the point, um, you know, Chuck and Sherry actually. Um that stuff, all the collection, and, and when you look at this stuff, I recently in the storage facility when I'm in. With all the rain that was coming, uh, I had bought a few things, so it was kind of hard dodging the rain and Chiller and trying to go underneath. Thank god the hotel had those entrances where they have a canopy oh, yeah, yeah. thing yeah. that you know you go in front and then right the front door you can pull up the car, and it's so yeah. the wind was still blowing rain in, but it was not enough to wet things, you know. And uh, I was able to slip in this huge poster uh, that I bought. Um, the books my buddy had, a, he went to um. The guy who played uh, the kid, who played the kid, Eddie. What's his name? Uh, the guy who played the, uh,
0: Oh, you mean from the monsters, Eddie? From no, the no, Munsters. no, no, not the
1: monsters. Oh, uh, my gosh. Terminator. <laughs> oh. What's the name of the guy who played Terminator, the young kid in the first part? You remember?
0: No. no I don't remember. God, I can't believe
1: I got out. I'm not
2: familiar with that.
1: Mm-hmm. That's because uh, of uh, working overnights. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. he, he signed McCullen. I think it's something McCullen. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, he signed three autographs for my buddy. We took some pictures with him. Um, my friend took uh, Jim Gray. He took uh, uh, like three posters. I, I think uh, if I'm if I'm correct, that kid did a movie or two, also a couple of movies.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: my buddy had him sign the posters. And you know, his wife. I realized. I said to her, "My God, you look familiar." And then I realized she, she told me she's an actress. So when she showed me her picture in the top. I realized that her picture is from um, that Lifetime channel. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, wow. Sherry watches that all the time.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing with Lifetime is my wife watches it religiously. <laughs> I think that, I don't know, Sherry, if you remember, there was one particular one that they did, um, what was it called? Uh, Bad Girl or something like that. There was a lady that was married. And uh, I think uh, one of the the girls came in, uh she was a maid or something for her and then she wanted like to kill the kill her to stay with the husband does that make a do you remember which one i'm talking about
2: oh there's been uh, so many different movies like
0: that oh one. my gosh like
2: the nanny or the maid it, the I, maid yeah. the maid
1: i think it was the maid you remember the blonde girl
2: no
0: blonde girl? oh, oh yeah there was a there was a blonde girl in that one movie remember she come in and she started the maid. i think so Started started yeah. causing trouble
1: yeah causing Maybe trouble. so that's the actress if I'm correct, yeah, I think it was her, I think it was the maid or she, I'm almost positive it was that, but she was the actress. And then because of that, um I said to her, you know, you kind of look for me and she goes, Yeah, and then but she was such a nice person. And I said to myself, Man, she sure portrays a better person than in the in the show, you know. But um, you know, it was a great experience. There was a lot of uh, vendors, and what what I liked the most was the fact that you know that when we were um going around there were so many people that were really kind of friendly and the fact we went in an hour earlier we were able to uh you know to get a lot of the uh of the stuff with 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 no problems you know but other than that um you know uh, chuck what other have what what other things have uh, been going on how are the magic shows doing
0: i tell you what yeah may is crazy i mean i'm actually turning these things down i don't have anybody to pass them to see there was a there was an elderly gentleman uh, for years, I'd passed it to. He was pretty good. He was an old club magician, uh, you know, from the old clubs, uh, stage clubs there uh, you know, time uh, all of the local things in Pittsburgh from many years ago. So he was very competent. His name was Tony Polito, who's a very good friend of mine. He passed away about three years ago. so i I don't have anybody to pass these things to that I trust. So I just, I just have been turning them down. I can't do all of them. I mean, it's just, it's just too much. Which is a nice thing to have, you know. That's a nice problem to have. It's a blessing. Yeah, I'm thankful, you know. Yeah. But it's just, to, to, you know. So I'm not taking any more for May at all. I mean, I wanna, I wanna have some fun too, you know. <laughs> so we'll
2: try to go to Kennywood.
0: Yeah, we're gonna try to go to Kennywood Park, uh, the local theme park out here in Pittsburgh. This we wanna
2: do a videotape of that Sal yeah, laughing Sal. Yeah, we wanna get <laughs>
0: laughing Sal on video, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: they moved her from where the train was into where the um, Penny, Arcade. Penny Arcade is now. So we haven't been there in years. This will be a nice treat. It'll
0: be a nice treat. We yeah. got
2: discounted tickets because it's expensive now.
1: <laughs> really? And what's yeah. it in, what, what is it, what is it Kenny, called?
2: Kennywood. Kennywood, Kennywood Park,
1: and... that's right. Chuck mentions it a lot. Yep. You know that, to be, be honest with you, uh, I wonder if Coney Island still has its laughing cell.
2: That's a good question.
1: I'm kind of curious on it because I know if you go to the one in New Jersey, which is Kingsburg Amusement Park, um, they do have most of the original stuff. I mean, it's an old park, but you can go in. And when I got married years ago, I mean, 40 years ago, obviously, I used to go there with my kids, you know, when they were young, and they still have most of the same video games, which is surprising. And they still have the Tower of Terror. Ooh. Um, now, the Tower of Terror, for people that don't know, it's a video game that um, actually, it, it looks it, it looks like a skeleton. It's got a skeleton, and it's about seven feet tall and about maybe three feet wide. And it has two handles in the bottom where the, the skeletons are kind of like holding the handle, the, the image of the skeleton. Yeah. You're supposed to hold on to the handle, and it vibrates in such a, a quick way that it feels like electricity. And the idea is to hold on to it as much as you can and until the, the thing goes like, and it, <laughs> it looks like it's electrocuting you and it gets to the top and then it, smoke comes out of the. <laughs> that
0: is oh that is that is so cool. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. And Kenny would have had one with Uncle Fester too. Yeah, uh, no, that's
1: called the Uncle Fester. It, they're both yeah. made actually by a company called Brom, B-R-O-M-L-E-Y. Okay. And I tried to purchase one 20, 30 years ago actually. Oh. they were going at the time for like $6,000. But I was saying, what about used, whatever? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, the funny thing is uh, the guy goes to me from, I did call the company Bromley and he says, trust me, you wouldn't want it. And I said, why is this? Because they always have to repair the vibrating unit.
0: You know, oh, yeah. and go,
1: that's over $1,500. And he says, oh, they wow. break
0: very quickly. They break very so, quickly. Yeah. yeah.
1: So the thing that's kind of funny, I don't know how they still have it over there in, um in Kingsburg, but the guy in Kingsburg who owns the thing, um, always said said to me that um, no matter how much I offer, no, I'm not selling it. Sorry, I'm not. So I, <laughs> I'm thinking in my mind right now as I'm talking to you. I wonder if he would be up to sell it today. You know? Yeah,
0: you never know. I tell um, you what, those those are so cool. I'm familiar with it, and I'm kind of obsessed with Laughing Cell. That's uh, I don't know. I just I just really like that thing. Uh, she was made. I think we mentioned this before. She was made by the Philadelphia Toboggan Company uh, uh, back in the. uh, 30s and maybe the early 40s and she's like six foot ten she's just under seven foot tall so she's huge she's larger than life and uh, so i can't wait to get this on video it would be kind of cool
1: you know you know what chuck um the whole thing is um uh i would be honest with you i would say that and and i have it I, i remember that i actually uh we we you know we talked about it and stuff and I told you that, that that it's been in my in my thing for a while, but um, I personally um, I don't know there, there's something about the laughing cell that it's there but I wasn't really too and you know I, I, that's the only thing that kind of me and you don't,
3: don't yeah we know. yeah we don't see
0: uh, we don't see uh, yeah that, yep. I don't know that thing just scared the crap out of me man yeah, when it was, was
2: when you were young right or was that last year
0: no it was last year. <laughs> No, it was, it was when I was a kid, but yeah. I, I don't know. Just that, just that face on her, man, with the gap teeth and the, and I don't know, just that face scared me. The face, yeah, yeah. freckles on her face and so it was just, I wow, know. she's so big, you know. There was a guy version too. I can't remember the name right now. I read about it, but laughing there. Laughing L? <laughs> laughing L. I don't know, maybe, <laughs> maybe it was. I don't know. But there was a guy version too. I can't remember the name right now, but uh, if you want to I look.
2: think at Coney Island, they call it the Laughing Lady
0: it could be yeah yeah
1: i don't think they call it sound uh, no no yeah they they don't call her they don't call her the what is um they do call us right the laughing lady i believe for your right yeah Yeah. because you know and 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 one thing i'm going to say is i you know what the reason i probably didn't like her i'll tell you what chuck was all you could do is just watch her
0: Yeah, you didn't
1: do anything. It's not like, um,
0: no, I love It's not uh, not like an interactive type of right.
1: The fortune telling machines that you put in, you got the little card, and I think for that reason, I got gravitated more to that, you know.
0: Yeah, I love the you know what, I love the voice on her too. I forget who recorded that, I had the statistics, I can't remember, but uh, but it was like it was back in the very first ones, they would they would change the records, it was like uh, 78 lpms. And they would actually hire a kid and hit hit go there like every 45 minutes and actually put the records back on a stack.
3: Oh, wow. You know,
0: that was back in the, I guess, in the 20s. I mean, but that that voice, oh, man, it's creepy.
1: You know, um, I, I got a little tidbit for you. Who did? <laughs> See if you remember. Who was the voice? Everybody Now, everybody knows, especially now, we're going back to mail order now, because, of course, this show originally was uh, all about mail order, so... I want to ask you if you remember um who was the person uh, the laughing bag you guys remember the laughing bag oh that's skin? so cool yes
0: absolutely yeah, And it used
1: to come in a little bag and it had the little uh yep. skin color thing inside the little device and it had like mm-hmm. a little record inside mini record you press the button
0: that was it, so cool.
1: <laughs> well uh you know the funny thing about that and and it's um In fact, you know what, Chuck? This this is a good one because it so happens that as we speak, I actually had one because my mom asked me to send her one, and I want to see if you remember this. Hold on. (laughs) Ah, you see, that's the the, the, I got the wrong bag.
0: (laughs) That's cool.
1: That's called the uh bullshit bag.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, my. I remember that. I remember that.
1: Yeah, but I can't but I was looking through some of them and I I was seeing all the oldest ones I have, but this is it, watch.
0: Wow. Whoa, that's actually kind of creepy too, isn't
3: it? Yeah. <laughs> see
1: See how creepy that. now the funny thing about it you can actually speed it up to go a little faster but Uh i want i want to see because a lot of people are not really not aware of this and um you know i hope i'm not giving wrong information here but i mean i do remember recall uh learning about it and, and who do you think was the person they used and now this i mean this is a big question and in fact, Chuck, I'll tell you and Sherry after the show, but I think it's, you know what? I'm going to let somebody write in and try to see, and I will give them a prize. Wow. They could say, who was the voice that originally recorded that? Wow. I'm just hoping that the information is not really readily available on the internet. and oh, no. calls
0: it. No, I hope, I hope not. Wow. Is it, you, that, you, that know you know what? You know what, Chuck? <laughs>
1: I think I think uh, I'm gonna let you guys guess because you have actually interacted with the person in your life, uh, the person that actually has that, uh, who they recorded the voice from. Wow! Uh, I could give you another quick clue. I, I was gonna say a surprise, but I know people might look it up and then it might be available online, so that's kind of not fair, you know. Um, Sherry, yeah, you knew the person very well.
2: Wow my sister
0: <laughs> wow <laughs>
3: She laughs like that
0: now that would be that would be weird wouldn't it uh, it did, it did kind of sound like her a little bit Hey, now
2: watch it <laughs> sound like me
0: actually
1: <laughs> oh, i knew well tell you what you were a nurse for the person uh the riddler Exactly.
0: Yeah. Frank yeah. Oh, was That was Gors- it was Gorshen. Frank Gorshin. Yeah.
3: Yes.
1: Now, if you speed up the laugh a little more, which you need okay. a screwdriver to do, you can uh, you can basically hear was his voice. And if you hear it, watch any old Batman where he's laughing, you can yeah. see it is the voice. But like I said, you have to um <laughs> play it a, But I read that a long, long time ago, I think back in the 80s and stuff, and I said, that's wow. the ruler. And, and it was kind of funny because they, they did use, I believe they used Frank Ocean in the first recording of Pointer products, used them.
3: Because mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. that's not a Pointer product thing, but I think it was, they were going to put it out. Apparently they didn't. And then it was put up by a company called um, J. Rue, I think it was. Let me see, because the, the bullshit bag I have here is actually <laughs> older than the laughing bag I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were called Re- Rico. It was made in Japan. And it's oh, wow. R I C O. Okay. Now I recently sold la- uh, one of the uh, bullshit bags for ninety bucks, man. Wow. I still have, believe it or not, I still have about maybe six or seven of each of them. Uh, this is all store stock. Wow. And I was looking because my mom was looking for the bag. She used to like the bag because I had, you know, I had one as a kid, and um, then I also found another one that's orange that uses a size battery. Those are the really large battery. The orange bag I have has the little kid in the front that says Labs. And then I also have one, like the one in Mail Order Mysteries. Mm-hmm. That's really, but those are like the really old bags. Oh, I mean, it's the same device inside, different. It's made by the same company, only different errors. And they all have, you know, the little record where you could hear when you press the button, it kind of restarts the record yeah and it's a little tiny record believe it or not there were some of them that you could actually replace the record on them
0: Ooh, that would be um,
1: wow. i i think i don't know why i think i i have one i came across it because i you know i started buying devices back in the 80s and stuff and um you know stuff like that but uh let me ask you this question chuck as a kid when you bought did you buy a lot of magic tricks i mean that magic tricks novelties
0: yeah, a decent amount. I was, yeah, like I talked about before, I was uh I was quite the sucker. I mean, I would get I'd get disappointed, then I'd buy more stuff and and my mom would tell me, stop buying that junk, you know. I would uh I would cash in pop bottles, uh, I would cut grass, mow lawns, and I'd make an order and I'd keep melling things in and buying things. Yeah, so your answer would be yes. Wow.
1: <laughs> uh, hey, you know, it was I was kind of actually looking up, I, I can't believe it. I... I have a block on the mental, a mental block here on the kid's name from uh, Terminator that I mentioned before. Now, I know it says on the online, it says Edward Furlong, Furlong whatever, but I think uh, the name that I saw with it was different. Um,
0: hmm. Yeah, I can't think of it either. Is
1: it the there, first
2: Terminator?
0: Yeah, I guess yeah. that's the first one. She's checking it up online right now.
1: Yeah, see, thing? it says Edward Furlong, but that's not the guy in, uh, in Chilla that we got. There. I mean, that is him. I could see his face. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if he uses a different name for his. Um, I mean, th- that's k- kind of crazy. That I, yeah, I don't. That's that's very interesting. Hmm, I don't
0: know. Maybe the kid was an imposter.
1: <laughs> look up, look up, because I can't. The fact that I'm not in the, you know, I'm trying to look, but I, I'm using the phone and I have it on airplane mode. Make sure that no calls come in and and hurt our podcast. Look up Chiller Cast, April Chiller Cast. And try to see if you see it there, uh, Sherry. That,
0: April? that would be April uh, Chiller Theater cast.
1: Yeah, April so, Chiller Theater cast. And I'm just kind of curious because now it's killing me. But anyway, guys, I have a topic. While uh, Sherry looks that up, that uh, it came out in the paper yesterday in the New York Post, and I thought it was very interesting. And it the title of it is "For Decades, UFO Obsessives Demands to Be Taken." I'm, let's, let me start that again, I'm sorry. For decades, UFO demands to be taken seriously, but science, in other words, UFO uh, obsessiveness demands for, for UFOs should be taken serious, but science and politics have now made it impossible to believe that flying saucers truly exist. Now, the column, a two-page spread, which I'm going to actually make a copy of and put it on the uh, forum. Okay. Uh, What it says, and I read it, is that because of all the technology we have, all the satellite stuff we have, um, has basically kind of proven that there's no such thing as flying saucers. And that the flying saucers that we do get are like the balloons from China Right, Uh, which is called. So apparently, what's happening is that, I mean, it's a great article. You have to read it now, uh, everybody. If they hear me, kind of my voice going in and out, is I did work last night. I'm on not too many hours of sleep, so I'm kind of like this disoriented a little. But that's what happens when you when you attend Chiller twice a year and you have a collection like mine. <laughs> you 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 kind of grow. A little nutty afterwards i guess <laughs> <laughs> but they're uh, they're talking they're saying here chuck that basically um like for example one part here says the u.s navy above recovers remnants of the infamous chinese spy balloon left in february of south carolina mm-hmm. and then it says florida senator marco rubio initially teased the potential of spicy ufo info leaks and, you know, he said that they were the New Mexico town of Roswell, a.k.a. is the UFO capital of, of you know, of the America, I guess. So were the biggest UFO. Uh,
0: right. Right
1: area. Now, the whole thing is what it's saying is that due to the fact that um,
0: all the videos that have
1: become available um, and all that stuff makes it very, very hard for anybody to really be able to prove
0: the existence. Well, yeah. See, that's the thing too, Eddie. And nowadays, everybody has a cell phone with a camera on it. So, I mean. Look at,
1: um, let me see if I, I'll tell you what, I'll read this if I could read it here because I can't really see that well. But it says, absence of immediate evidence, of course, doesn't mean that evidence does not exist. But in something, but but if something exists in such abundance, the people are reporting, seeing it all, all, all the time. Then evidence should be easy to find. This has not been the case with UFOs. In fact, the opposite has occurred. As more resources are developed to verifying UFOs, fewer actual pieces of proof emerge. And so the field of ufology could very likely wither away as people and the media, the military, and pol- politicians become disillusioned and lose interest because unless the evidence emerges soon ufology is dead
0: well you know see that's what i said all along i mean there, I, you know i've i've never heard or seen any proof of anything i mean if you go back to like you said roswell back in the what 1947 uh, supposedly the uh, the one guy from the military brought a piece home to show his son it was a weird looking metal i mean why didn't he keep it why didn't he uh, I don't know take some type of a picture of it or something you know uh uh, uh Philip Corso from right you, you know from the Air Force he mm-hmm. was at wright patterson uh the air force base you know, and so uh supposedly he's seen these these grays floating in these tubes and stuff i mean i mean why didn't he sneak a, you know sneak a picture of it or something i mean it's all gee it's just it just it just wasn't convenient to do this or that i mean there has to be you would think some type of some type of proof after all these years.
1: Um, Well, yeah, and exactly. And and this is another thing that the people that come forward, such as like, for example, everybody knows that the government apparently put out um, a group of people. I forgot what it was called to study what they call now instead of UFOs. They call them UAPs. Right. Well, like, look what it says here. This other part of the article says the veneer of legitimacy that UFOlogy has acquired through the establishment of the UAP task force was eroded in June of 2022 when it was revealed that its chief scientist was someone well-known in the UFO community, Dr. Travis Taylor. While Taylor worked in a science role at the Pentagon and has several advanced degrees, he's best known as a promoter of aliens on the show Ancient Aliens. Mm-hmm. And the secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Well, mm-hmm. really got nothing going out today here. Taylor appears to play the the role of a credulous amateur scientist on both programs, constantly throwing out wild theories and leaps of logic, like a portal existing above Utah's Skinwalker Walker Ranch. Yeah. Area long referred to as UFO Alley. His role as a UAPTF chief scientist seemed, if not last laughable, to many. The seriousness of UAP's task force suffered another blow, thanks to the leadership's liabilities, in the form of John J. Stranton, who had previously been featured in the book *Skinwalkers* at the Pentagon. Under the the book describes a wild ride in which Stranton. Uh, absorbed strange happenings at Skinwalker Ranch in 2009 and later experienced supernaturally uh, seeming hitchhiker's effect where effect- infectious entities followed him home and caused his wife and children to see things like werewolves concerns have been raised that Stratton's eccentric pursuits might have distracted the U-T-A-P- UAPTF from finding real UFOs or at least Chinese drones or balloons. In other words, it's all made-up stories, and the people they're using are mm-hmm. people that are promoting shows like Ancient Aliens and yeah, yeah. and stuff like that, which is really kind of stupid. So what it's done, it's hurt uh, UFOs as a whole. And then if you know, if you keep reading the article, like I said, it's a two-page spread. Right it goes on to say that with when where everybody has an iPhone now. Or everybody has, a, not an iPhone, it says everybody has a cellular phone that's able exactly. and capable, capable of taking. Capable. Yeah. Super great. Like, for example, if you take the, the new uh, Samsung, uh, I know their camera has like Android, uh, not Android, AI, which is you know, artificial intelligence, which it was kind of funny because um, a guy by my, my job comes in and he takes a picture of the moon and it shows the surface of the moon. I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> I got to buy that phone. You know, it's phenomenal. <laughs> Then I find out about a week later <laughs> that it actually has uh, AI technology where what it does, it takes a picture of the moon and then it corrects it based <laughs> on what it's supposed to look like.
0: Right, right. It's
1: not a real picture of the moon, basically. But um, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to start putting UFO pictures in. So oh. we can take a picture of the sky, the UFO appears. Yeah. That's already an app, believe it or not. It's been wow. an app for like 10 years. Really? But, that, but I'm saying that's now more possible for it to happen because I remember using the app in the early days and I took a couple of pictures of flying saucers going around the Empire State Building. And you know I, I can actually look for one of those and post it. You could see that that technology has been around. And, and now what the article is saying that where everybody has these phones, how come there's no great images coming out of UFOs? And even the ones that are released by the government that supposedly they can read, and this is funny the way it said it there, they can read from the sky.
3: Exactly.
0: They, they
1: can read a postage stamp. And
0: yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: Now I'm kind of paraphrasing what it says there because I read that in another place mm-hmm. uh, about the technology that we hold. And, and what I'm saying is we cannot see a UFO. We can't get, I mean, we take pictures of UFOs coming in and out of the water, uh, that they're saying, oh, they're speeding. And then these pictures are being taken from billion-dollar, um, you know, airplanes, yeah. and you're going to tell me that you're going to see a black and white, grainy little thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. You that's know what exact- I'm saying? It's yeah, like- that's exactly what I've been saying all along, Eddie. And you mentioned about the ancient aliens. You know what? I've watched that program for quite a few years, and it's you know what? It's only for the simple reason that I like to see these ancient. Uh, civilizations and so forth like uh, Pumapunco and all these weird structures and stuff like that but they do come up with some of the most outlandish things I mean it's just unbelievable like Giorgio Tsakas and a few of those guys I mean holy smokes I don't know where to get these ideas from but it's just really really crazy
1: I I guess you you pronounce his name better than I just the whatever but yeah. Yeah. But you you know what Chuck back in the 19 I think in 1972 73 I I bought a couple of books called Ancient Aliens. I still have them. They were paperbacks and you know, I was very young, but obviously I bought them uh, whatever. I read some of it, but it threw me off as being a bunch of hogwash, you know, like are you kidding me? And and this gets me a lot to the point that people won't accept God, people won't believe in God, but yet they're able to believe in that we were visited from another. Exactly. I mean, how we, I mean, it's not, I mean, I know people would say, well, well, God is rethinking. Well, are you kidding me? The idea that the universe is made of nothing and just blows up and out of billions of years forms. And uh, I mean, if you take a mathematical equation of things, there is and I'm saying I'm mathematic because there's a mathematician, there's a show on on, on YouTube and it's put out by Harvard University and they had three of the biggest minds. One was a physics guy. He was like a PhD something. They had a mathematician and then they had a a famous literary writer or something like that. I forgot what it was, but they were debating the existence of God and the mathematician said that and this was kind of funny because the guy that was the writer, he was kind of like uh, not atheist, but he kind of didn't really believe. And it was kind of funny because when the, the mathematician said, you know, when you look at the odds of not, it's impossible to say that the universe could be, you know, it won't have a creator. And he goes, that's why I chose that path. And then the, it was kind of funny because the, the writer goes, you know, in all the theories we have out there, um the one that actually makes more sense and has <laughs> all the answers is christianity
0: <laughs> yeah really yeah. so they
1: started laughing and the mathematician asked them, what are you going to do now and he goes you know what after this whole conversation i might have to relook at my life
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's wild
1: I, I thought it was really funny but i love watching those shows um like i said right now i am talking i am a little out of it uh i've had a long day yesterday with a double and um you know, when you come home at eight o'clock in the morning and then you're going to do a podcast at three and lack of sleep, is not gold great there. So but what I wanted to mention and, and, and one thing I'm going to say is one of my favorite things to watch all the time is anything on YouTube, anything on television that has a lot of, uh, you know, things that deal with knowledge, like Harvard University, when they put out their, um, you know, not seminars, but they put out their speed, their, their talking shows and right. You know their uh, recordings and stuff. I always love to hear people that are really bright like that, and and it's fun to hear their their point of view on many things. And you know, guys, again, a lot of people out there love UFOs. I love UFOs all my life. I I gosh, I probably bought five copies of a book that came out in the early seventies, "How to Build a Flying Saucer." when all other amateurs have failed, something like that. And that book sells today between $40, $50 whenever it comes out. I have like six, seven copies. Yeah. And the reason for it is because I love watching, I mean, growing up watching Lost in Space, um, which was my favorite show, Star Trek. Oh, absolutely.
0: We all grew up on that cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It is, you know, Star Trek, Chuck, I don't know if this happened to you, but I didn't really like Star Trek as a kid. I kind of just didn't care for it. And when I got married, I spent about two years every single day watching it <laughs> on Channel 11. And <laughs> me, my wife, and my brother-in-law, because my brother-in-law used to stay with my wife, because when I got married, I started working uh, the night shift. I mean, I was only 18 years old, and my wife was 22. I had you 21 going on 22. And she would stay home. So I had her brother, who was about 14, I mean, 12 years old at the time, stayed with her. And when I used to come home, right before I went to work each night, we would watch at 9 p.m. I think it was on Channel 11, uh, Star Trek. And I got so much into that show; it was crazy. And I'm like, oh, yeah. "Gosh, I grew up, in, and this show is phenomenal."
3: Oh yeah. But
1: the point is, when you grow up watching Lost in Space, the first thing a little kid wants to do is two things: become an astronaut, which every young kid, most believe it or not, if you Google it. A lot of young kids in the late '60s, early '70s, their dream was to become an astronaut.
0: Oh, absolutely! And,
1: and my thing was fueled by two parts: one, watching Lost in Space. You know, you think it's a it's a great thing, the planets, and you get excited. And the other thing was, I dream of genie. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah.
1: You know, everybody was an astronaut, and most shows, a lot of shows, always had to deal with NASA. So the UFO thing was big, and flying saucers and You know, they they actually, the word flying saucer, I think, was more used in the early 70s. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: But the point is, you know what, Chuck? We like things. We like toys. But it doesn't mean that because we like G.I. Joe, especially Joe, who's an avid, I mean, according to what he's mentioned in past shows, is G.I. Joe was his life. Oh, yeah. And and you know what? They just don't come to life. It's always a game. You know,
0: it's always a Hey, oh, hey! But not to break the subject, Sherry found some things on um on the Terminator. Sherry, you want to? Oh,
1: yeah. um,
2: so from Chiller, um, Michael Bean. Michael
1: Bean. Okay, it says Michael it was, Bean, but then when I look it up, go ahead. You tell in me. In
2: the Terminator, it, it says 1984. Michael
1: Bean. He was Kyle Reese. Okay, that's yeah, that's right. Michael Bean is the one we took pictures with. Who the heck is? Because over here, I'm looking. I looked at uh. Terminator cast and it yeah. came out Edward Walter Furlong he was he played he didn't play it obviously I don't yeah. see that um, yeah if it, I mean this is uh, I mean it's just right now I guess we would need uh, Joe here because he's the movie yeah. I haven't watched Terminator in, in 10 20 years you know
2: yeah and then that lifetime movie actress you might be thinking of uh-huh. on Chiller Theater uh, Chiller yeah, Theater uh, Olivia Diabo.
1: Yeah, that's his wife.
2: Yep. Yeah, I know her.
0: You see what I'm saying? She doesn't I, mean, on, I, don't I don't know lifetimes. her know her a
2: bit. Yeah, I remember her she on lifetime.
0: She was on Wonder Years, I believe, wasn't yes, she?
2: Yes, she was. She was the older sister. Yeah.
1: That's right. No yes, Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Wonder Years. You that's see, great. you just no one that they because I'm looking. I'm, I'm actually talking to her. I said, "Man, you look really familiar."
2: <laughs> yeah, that was
0: a, that was a cool that was a cool show. We watched it. Uh, we loved that show. Really? Years
2: when it was a rerun. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, you we know. didn't watch it when it was new, but when it went to reruns a few years later, uh, it was really cool. Fred Savage uh, was on there and so forth, and it was a good it was a good show. We enjoyed I really
1: it. We liked it. It was. You know what the problem is? It's kind of funny though because you rarely anytime you go to Chiller Convention or I guess any convention. I've gone to Comic Con and Chilla, the only ones I've gone to, but um I guess when you go, you'll notice that every actor has a person next to them collecting the money.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, you do
1: have sometimes husband and wife, but very rare. I think this is one of those occasions where you have two actors that are married, you know. You know what I'm saying? Uh,
3: yeah. Yeah.
1: And so I saw her there, she's like, you know, whatever. And I didn't realize that right above her head was a poster of her. You know, like I'm just looking at the actor, I'm not paying attention to Because the biggest poster was Michael Bean, and then right underneath has her, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, let's say Michael Bean's was like three feet, four feet high, and her thing was like a foot, you know, so that's why it was kind of hard to see. Not hard to see, you don't pay attention, you know, and um, I was surprised because I said, man, this girl looks really familiar, but I'll tell you one thing, she's a sweetheart, she was really, really nice.
0: Oh, I'm glad. Um, to, you know. I'm so glad to hear that because, you know, some people could be really something. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad well, she's not.
1: Well, the, the thing is that, you know, I, I was talking to somebody yesterday about this, Chuck. And one thing I'm going to say to you is and, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, to cut you off. I hope no. you didn't. Uh, is that with what well, you were saying, that some people are not nice and stuff the the thing that blows my mind is each time you go to one of these conventions, the autographs keep going up and up. When I started going 30 years ago, whatever, it was usually $25, $20. Yeah. Now, Michael Bean alone was charging $80 in autographs. So wow,
0: that is a lot.
1: That is. And and he's really, I mean, how much did he really do? Not much, you know. But yeah. the th- the thing is that you have actors. And I was shocked when I was talking, actually, to Joe last night. We were going over that. And Joe said to me, uh, Eddie, you know, I went, when he went to his recent show, Monster Bash, I think it is, the one he goes to, he said uh, he tried to get the last Dracula, one of the guys that played Dracula, which I got, I forgot his name right now, but I got his autograph. And the guy was charging $60. And Joe like, wow, you know, I, I wasn't really, when he did Chiller, The, you know, the last October, I think it was his first time ever. And he was charging $10 an autograph, which I thought was hilarious. So (laughs)
3: we,
1: we kind of felt bad for him. And my friend actually gave him an extra 10 bucks because we had like six autographs. done. And, you know, I was, we were kind of like, wow, man, this poor guy came here. Everybody else is charging 50, 60 and he's charging. So, you know. People are are doing that, but I mean, I understand you say if you're, uh, I don't know, Michael Keaton or something coming and you're charging, right? you know, I keep, but this, some of these actors are not even known anymore. Like they are just not even, they never did anything more than maybe when they were a kid. Right. They're trying to get six. Now the thing that really threw my mind off, Joe was telling me that there was a part where the original Batman, Adam West. Mm -hmm. Yeah was charging, I think, for a photo op with him next to the Batmobile, $150. Wow,
0: and that was years ago?
1: That yeah. was years ago. And it also threw me back that uh, Priscilla Presley was there. Now, I got her autograph, well, I don't know, about seven, eight years ago. And at that time, I did pay 75 I had her sign a, uh, me and my buddy had her signed, um, what was it? It was something, a wedding album of her and Elvis. Mm-hmm. Uh that came out, it looked like a yearbook. And you know, we were able to obtain. So she signed that for me. And you know, they were still trying to get more money out of you. They were trying to get money where um <laughs> you would come out, they had her behind this is so funny. They actually put like a bed sheet. They didn't even have a curtain, a bed sheet oh, from the funny. ceiling down to prevent people from seeing her. Oh. And they had her in the table around so the the line would go around and you would go behind the bed sheet. There she was, and you whatever. I took my iPad and I had it on on all the time, so I recorded the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> prove, you know, because you got to get provenance on the yeah. signature. And then when he came out, they actually had the nerve to have another person charge you if you wanted though. If you wanted provenance, uh, they wanted to charge you uh, twenty five dollars more to give you a certificate.
3: Oh my! But then,
1: I mean, that was so ridiculous. Yeah. And yesterday, she was charging on well, the day before yesterday on Friday. Um, Two days ago, I'm, see, I'm, 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 boy, my out of it today, boy. Uh, she was charging 120, I believe, for a signature, 150 for an autograph, and I'm like, wait a minute, lady. Yeah, You're that's the that's... wife of Elvis Presley. You're not even his daughter.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the
1: funny, a lot of people keep saying, didn't she die? <laughs>
0: Uh, did I would
1: say that, I'm talking about the wife, the daughter died. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it gets back to the basics that today, some of the young people today are really blow my mind, especially the um, exchange students and stuff. And the reason that, that it blows my mind is, okay, I do get an exchange student tell me, I have no idea who Elvis is. I have no idea. But it blows my mind when you see a 35, 40-year-old american person yeah really that You say elvis they go who's that i never heard of him
0: no yeah. no that yeah. is <laughs> now that, that that is amazing Wait, when we went to monster bash when we met joe back in october mm-hmm. there was a few members of the land of the lost i think i told you guys about mm-hmm. uh the son and the daughter mm-hmm. and uh if you wanted a photo with these two like in a kayak i think it was a hundred bucks it was somewhere around there. Oh, it was really? it was it was fairly high you know what i mean and you You know what yeah you know what i always liked the show eddie i liked it i didn't love it you know what i mean i said no that's okay you know i'm gonna pass well
1: the thing is when you when you do anything like that like like for example with adam west and Burt ward right i go up to them i go how much are the autographs and he was charging i don't know why not a hundred because normally he says eighty dollars yeah and i said okay if i get the autograph um and the funny thing is i got one uh from him but i bought it on ebay i didn't actually get one let him sign it you know it was uh, years ago like 10 15 years ago Mm -hmm. and i paid i think it was like 25 dollars for the the actual autograph with the co and everything on it right now he's charging the thing that really threw me off is if i'm giving you no okay it wasn't 80 it was 75 i'm sorry the thing that threw me off is when i said to him now bird ward was right next to him in fact, it's funny because I heard they didn't really get along in real life. And
0: mm-hmm. they're
1: sitting, and it, it was kind of funny because instead of the six-foot table being, um, <laughs> you know, diagonal, it, it was kind of <laughs> horizontal. It was not horizontal. It was like <laughs> vertically inside. <laughs> they're both sitting facing each other <laughs> like little school kids. I, I thought that was kind of funny. Now I know Burt Ward was a little on the heavy side. He wasn't that that thin, you know. Sure. Uh but I asked him, and, and Bert Ward just say hi. And I said hi to Adam West. And I said, you know, can I get it signed? I, I want this. And he goes, well, I have to personalize it. I mean, I mean, what do you mean personalize it? Oh, yeah, we can only do that. And I said, well, that's kind of ridiculous. I mean, how about I'm not going to resell it. I just want He goes, no, I'm sorry. I wish I could. And I'm like, okay, thank you. I just walked away mm-hmm. right
0: it's a shame so, it all it's a shame it all comes comes down to money Yeah, it, it is
1: but but you it, know what it is it's also a shame that if you are paying they're going to personalize it because they don't want you to resell it you know they don't
0: want you to resell it yeah that,
1: it. That, that i think is really baloney and then when we went to julie newmar next to her to them uh i asked her she was such a gracious person yeah uh first she was only charging 50 she wasn't charging the 75 those two were charging. And we said, can I get five photos or, let's say, 200? And she said, yes. Uh, can you do this? She signed just the way we asked. And then that's when the lady started yelling at her
3: oh, that she my. couldn't
1: be doing it. And that's when I had to step in and get a little loud with the lady and say, you know, if you do this again, I'm going to call security. I'm her witness here. You're harassing. But And then the lady kind of backed off a little. But the whole thing is that wow. Julie Newmar was a sweetheart. She, you know, I gave her a hug. She hugged me back. She was really, and she said thank you. One thing about her though is, I would, always, I would give her a hundred if I had to, you know. Yeah. But when you get people like, like, and, and let me tell you, I, I don't know how I even got it. This was in the beginning of Chiller. I got, um, you know, uh, Spock and uh, 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 Captain Kirk. What's his name? Yeah, uh, uh, Shatner. Yeah, William Shatner. Oh my guy, I lost, I forgot his name. William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy, I got their autograph back in, I don't know, early 90s when I started attending. Yeah. And back then it was only, I believe, if I recall, it was 50 bucks to mm-hmm. get the autograph for the two of them. Um, but, you know, that, that's okay. But, you know, you have people today, and let me tell you, and this is what, what gets me, and this is what me and Joe had mentioned it's bad enough it's you know that they're charging so much but the reason they're doing it is because people are standing in line to pay it
0: yeah exactly, exactly. And which
1: it, you know Priscilla had a line that went around the corner of the the hotel corridor oh. and it turned to the other corner and um, they were calling people by name next next you know
3: yeah
0: that's and, you know what if uh, people wouldn't pay that high price it drop that price it to- would drop very quickly and <laughs> I got
1: to tell you nothing uh, just the same thing Joe told me Adam West is charging to take a picture with him next to the Batmobile, uh, 150. He said there was a line there that uh, went around. Oh, the Walking God. Dead was in Chiller Theater a year, uh, yeah, year and a half ago. Not the. They've always been there. They go back and forth every time. But the one guy, the blonde guy, the main guy from the cast, yeah, was there. And this blew my mind. He was charging $125, I think, for uh, $200 for a photo op, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. He had a line, Chuck, that went into the corridor, out the door.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Around the building parking lot. Oh, my. And I was like, I thought it was the people going into Chiller.
0: You thought they are going <laughs> in? There's a lot
1: of people going in. <laughs> when I go, there were two lines. One yeah. was Chiller. The other was this guy. And I said, wow. So I passed by, I saw him signing, you know. I actually grabbed him with my camera on video. Uh, but then they kind of locked the door because I guess I went in at five, so he still had the door open. So I, I, you know, I didn't get to get too close to him. I just got, you know, with the doors open, he's in the room and I saw him, a video and I kept going. Um, this is the shocking part. Three days later, because I went to that chiller for the third day the line was still around the corner outside.
0: Oh, my goodness. And I
1: said, this guy actually generated, I don't know, half a million dollars in cash, I think, or more that day. Oh, so yeah.
0: And you second. know what? And you know what? He makes enough, more than enough acting in one in, event, uh, in I mean, you know?
1: Yeah, people were paying it, Chuck. <laughs> hey, Chuck, we have less than 30 seconds. So okay. let's wrap it up. I want to thank really quick everybody out there that's listening. Uh, please stay tuned. Um, you know, because this show is each and every week. Unfortunately, Joe could not be here with us today. Uh, he had a meeting over his job and he was stuck. So we will uh, be back together again next week. Um, and like I said, this show airs every Thursday morning or well, Wednesday midnight to Thursday, 12 a.m. Uh, tune into the website, YouTube channel. Chuck's got uh, the upcoming Cemetery Walk there. Uh, which I'm sure is going to make a lot of hits like always, and I'm going to be putting some shows myself, and we're hoping Sherry will soon do her Sea Monkey updates. Uh, Having said that, everybody, thank you. Good night, and God bless.
0: All right. good Good night.
3: God bless.